Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Hello and welcome to True Romance. This is Carolina Barlow. This is Devin Leary and I'm just grateful that we are making progress on this 27 page document of notes we had on Love is Blind. I never was in a position to write a college thesis, but I think this is my college thesis. You know, when you were writing essays in college and high school and you made the margins huge, you did double space, 2.5 space. You did your font just a size 14. Hope nobody notices. You put your yep. title up front, maybe you know, edge a couple paragraphs down. And when you're on a four page essay, you look at the three in three quarters and think, I think we could all call this four pages and you right. turn it in. That's the opposite of the problem. We That's had the here. opposite of this. <laughs> <laughs> That's the total polar opposite of this. Devin, you just said you watched an incredible movie recently. Yeah. So this, this was a good week. You know, I check my streaming platforms every Thursday, Friday. That's when a lot of stuff comes out. And you know, I constantly have TV or something on in the background. Can't be alone with my own thoughts. That's part of my personality. So I see that something I've been waiting for for an extremely long time has has surfaced, to use a relevant word, and that is the film <laughs> Deep Water. Now, I know it sounds like a parody film name. Like the name of the movie Deep Water sounds like what they would call the movie in an SNL sketch about Deep Water. It reminds me of the movie Deep Blue Sea, which is about sharks getting smarter with Alzheimer's drugs and attacking people at a research facility, which I've seen upwards of five times, but continue. Okay, but like that makes sense for that movie because it's like a D-level movie. This is this is like disguising itself as like a B-C-level erotic thriller and it's calling itself Deep Water, which is just like interesting. So... This is the movie that brought Ben Affleck and Ana de Armas together. And so it really was something that gave us a gift during the initial phases of quarantine when we had nothing else to look forward to besides a new photo of Ben and Anna 
walking down the street with their dogs. Um, despite that, there was absolutely zero physical chemistry between the two of them on screen. And that is mostly due to Ben Affleck's uh, Botox and filler. Mm, his yeah. his face is incapable of movement. Um, and so, yeah, I was really like excited for some hot, uh, really spark sparks flying sex scenes because this is the director of unfaithful um Ooh. so you would think that i know that we would have you know a lot of a lot of good stuff and there was a lot of sex there just was there was only one party showing emotion or feeling so that was the difficulty so let me sum up this film to you in under five minutes ben affleck is in an open marriage with Anna de Armas. She proceeds to engage in every single stereotype of like the crazy younger wife that's ever existed. Uh, he says on their first date, she ordered the mac and cheese and that's what made him fall in love with her. She gets wasted at parties. She starts playing the piano for no reason and singing. It's no. the, the oh it's like God. the zoopy zoopy zoo from Mad Men where like that girl oh, just sings God. a song. It's like that, but she's like has her dress half falling off. Her hair is always like askew and messy. Like she looks like she always just had sex. Her only personality is wanting men. And so it's like a series of shots of her looking beautiful and him watching her. And right from the beginning, the men she's sleeping with start to die. And right from the beginning, <laughs> it's pretty obvious that Ben Affleck is who's killing them. Spoiler alert, because he constantly quote makes jokes i think Jarrett could relate to this type of joking where he says he <laughs> killed the people and then he says just kidding the energy that these grown people have so like they they, they are part of a community of adults who are middle-aged who are constantly going to a party every single night that's what i find confusing first of all how does anna de Armas have the energy to have a husband and be engaged in like constant toxic fights with him while also hooking up with multiple guys on the side and like falling in love with them and like getting them jobs and stuff. And then she's also taking piano lessons, which how does she have time for that? And she's a mom, even though she doesn't care at all about her child and makes that very clear and just yells at her to like turn the music down. Oh no, this is my only red flag. I'm like, oh no, she's bad mom. <laughs> no, Carolina, the, the dog and child care in this movie is horrendous. At one point, the girl is four years old. The little girl. I mean, maybe younger. And at one point, they give her a glass of wine. They're like, we're celebrating. Like, have some wine. And they're celebrating because Ben Affleck just killed one of her lovers. Like, it makes no sense. They adopt a dog for no reason, adds nothing to the story, but then they pay zero attention to the dog. So no one cares about the dog. I was like, wait, when was this decided that they had to have a dog? But mainly, like, how do these people have this energy? They're having these crazy parties. I guess because it moves the plot forward because it provides another opportunity for Ana de Armas to like look really sexy while she's at a party and drinking and dancing around with no shoes on. But it just makes no sense. Like I am already so tired if I have to go out to dinner past 8 p.m. And like at, it's hard to imagine at Ben Affleck's age that I will be like raging. Um, so yeah, that's basically the movie. And then in the end, um, he is like there's starting to be more chemistry between him and Ana de Armas like she starts publicly trying to give him a hand job and then stopping that's the other thing too like there's a lot of like 
them starting to like finger each other or go down on each other and then stopping, which seems like really se- sexually frustrating. Edging. It's edging, babe. Like, I don't know why they're doing that. It's like really weird. But then also they'll do it like in front of the kid, kid and be like, she can't see us. And then at one point the kid runs up oh, to like a river no. and is about to fall in. And Anadarmus goes, she's fine. Like, forget about it. It's like, wait, why don't you care at all? Like, someone please help. Someone please step in and save this dog and this child from like this horrible situation. Um, also, someone please help whoever decided that in a movie set in New Orleans that Jacob Alordi would play a jazz pianist wow. and be so bad at piano. It's so funny because they build wow. it up. They build it up that she's getting piano lessons and like Ben Affleck goes to like watch her. I'm also like, could he like have another hobby or something like why does he have so much i guess he's retired and that's why he has like so much time to go watch her lovers and like stalk them so he goes to watch jacob alordi play piano because he's the piano teacher and the piano playing is literally me as a kid like slamming my hands (laughs) on like this school music room piano it's very confusing um in the end, Ana de Armas is like, I'm going to choose like my husband. And she like burns all the evidence that he killed anyone. And they just like go on to live a happy life. And that was that. Are there middle-aged people out there having parties every no. night? No. I mean, I guess if they're like, no, no, there's not. And I'm saying that frustrated because I don't want to go to three parties every night. And the funny part is, Devin, like, remember when we were young and we were like party monsters I would have gone to a party every single day had I had the opportunity. Right. I cannot imagine like one one Friday night outing can take me like a week to regain energy from. Do I have celiacs? Maybe. Maybe, Maybe. Ben Affleck has celiac and that's why he doesn't emote anything because he's so tired. No. Um, I don't he know. It's like uh, the situation from Jersey Shore who's also puffed his face up quite a bit. I do like to imagine like J-Lo watching this because like Anadarmus is so hot. By the way, her performance is good. It's just not her fault that the writing is horrendous and they made her so stereotypical. It's like disgusting and shocking. But I do love thinking about J-Lo watching this movie because it's like to have to imagine the person you're dating making out with no. someone that hot. Ex? Even when you're J-Lo, that must be hard. Yes. Even when you're J-Lo. Of course. So that's where I'm at. Also, I'm sick of movies where the guy is like, my crazy wife doesn't take care of our daughter, so I have to. Like, that doesn't happen. I haven't been loving portrayals of women in movies for most of them, but especially this year. Like, I watched Licorice Pizza, the new P.T. Anderson movie. I liked it. I liked it, too, but I did not like the female character. Cooper Hoffman is amazing. He's very gifted he was so charming i liked the concept i loved all the actors are insanely talented it was her and she was great i thought i thought her character was just like this crazy teen girl who likes this attention from a young guy but she was so overly sexualized in a way that i don't think you necessarily feel all the time at that age yeah they were missing me at some points and i i only heard amazing things about the lost daughter the maggie gyllenhaal movie Oh, so I, I love watch, that movie. Of course. I just, I don't, I don't, I, I couldn't. Wait, why? I was just halfway in, like when she steals the doll and you're like, oh, what's going to happen with this doll? What does it mean? I don't get it fully. Oh, I, I read the book and I loved the book. So maybe I understood it more, but I, I loved the movie. I loved The Lost Daughter. Okay. Well, I guess this is just a me thing. 
<laughs> Maybe I'm just in a bad mood. You're going to come back and say you loved Deep Water because we have such I'm different like, tastes. You know what? Finally, an accurate portrayal of women, Deep Water. <laughs> I want true Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am, like I am, where it is. This isn't going to work. I, I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, if, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and I'm back for another season of my podcast, Climbing in Heels. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as fully obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. My podcast, Climbing in Heels, is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season, we're taking things up a notch. I'll be talking to some incredible women across so many industries, from models and beauty industry stars to doctors, entrepreneurs, and TV personalities. Climbing in Heels is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Every week, listeners will be able to ask me any questions. I'm answering it all. My life is absolutely crazy with so much going on, and I'm so beyond excited to bring you along for the ride. Whether we're talking red carpet looks, current trends, or products I'm obsessed with, I'm here to be your fashion fairy godmother. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So let's get into the real content we're here to talk about. Yes. It's a bittersweet day. It's our last episode talking about Love is Blind. Season two, season three, we will be there. And God is real and God knows we will be covering the ultimatum. Honestly, we should have been hosts for Love is Blind. I don't often say I should have had a job that I didn't get, but I, I we should have been hosts for Love is Blind. It would have made a little bit more sense, but... We weren't. And I think that freedom allows us to comment a lot more because yeah, that's I actually think that hosts are supposed to be relatively objective and not choose favorites. And that is a direction that Nick and Vanessa Lachey did not follow at all. But we'll get to that later. So we're at the bachelor and bachelorette parties. And <laughs> what in the hell do men do for fun? I'm shocked and like, I'm sorry, but like men hanging out is one of the worst things. It's just men hanging out is terrible. 
and it's the, terrible they're in a stadium for no reason it's just empty like they're just i can't they immediately start doing like something weird and ritualistic where they're like shaking back and forth and like walking through <laughs> playing like, like red rover red happen? rover why does that happen and like i think this is why crimes happen it's just like this weird thing that like when men are together they don't know how to connect so they start doing like some kind of weird ritual yeah they, they go on a bus for their bachelor party and they're just having way too much produced fun on this bus shake is so happy because as he said in mexico after meeting these people for the first time these people are my best friends which i think we all felt sad about um Yes, Devin's right. They get to the baseball field. They immediately start putting their arms over each other, going back and forth. It couldn't <laughs> be more orchestrated. It is like Red Rover, Red Rover, send Shane over. And the guys run out. Um, it's just the saddest thing I've ever seen. And When Sal does the cartwheel, <laughs> I was like, you would try to put like your own thing on this. Like just run through the fucking ritual. It's already weird. Just do it. You don't have to do a weird cartwheel on top of it. And they're like, oh, and he every guy's it. like, this is honestly the best thing ever. This is the best. This is unbelievable. I like when Shane says, I love it so much. I feel excited to escape from reality. <laughs> You're like, what are you fully talking this about? This is how um, you escape from reality because my way of escaping from reality is literally hearing about my friends' relationships until five in the morning and eating food. Like that is real fun. If that doesn't sound fun to you, goodbye. Well, well, that's the thing that's so funny, too, is as we mentioned briefly on the last episode, they are all celebrating the bachelors and then all of their friends are cornering them individually saying, what are you doing? We think it's crazy. We don't believe in it. Yeah. And you're thinking, what kind of celebration is this? The other thing about the bachelor party is that all the guys play baseball. I could not think of it. I, I honestly got anxious watching this because I thought, oh, my God, if someone invited me to a party like this, I simply could not come. I would be like, no, I'm not going to go play baseball. No, I so couldn't go to a, baseball. a baseball game. I mean, I turned down going to the Super Bowl. I, I don't. I just know. All right. Sorry, I, that was a humble brag. Go, you can call up Beth Jacobs and say that that it's happened. Okay. It's OK. And so everyone hits a ball and we see. Oh, <laughs> we haven't seen red flags from Shane in a second. We see another red flag from Shane. He can't hit the ball. That's fine. It's that afterwards he falls apart. And you think, how well did this show vet the psychological problems of yep. its cast members? Yep. And he's like, I'm fucking humiliated. This sucks. This sucks. <laughs> I know. he, Him and his little capris were pretty upset about that. And then he tries to calm himself down. He's like, but the, the thing is, now he's my best friend. I'm getting married to her. <laughs> I love it. And that is the thing that is that is I'm literally so excited. Yeah, it's gonna be great. He is doing a lot of staring into space saying Natalie's his best friend. It's like someone told him that phrase. Like I say have your a new dad, Natalie's my best friend. <laughs> Meanwhile, his dad is like, My daughter is psychotic for doing this and I hope she backs out and he's like, I gotta do <laughs> Yeah, it is you know, the baseline of this show married at first sight and the bachelor and all that stuff the base material that these are born out of is the guarantee that a lot of people in the world have such a void inside their souls <laughs> that they want to fast forward the phases of life 
as as quickly as possible, no matter how many red flags there are. I like can they, identify with you that. can bank you can bank on that. You can bank on the fact I that can, someone is like, uh, yeah, I'm not better than that. I want a new family and to start my own tomorrow. Yeah. I don't have yes. to know the person. I just need yes. like a warm body that's there that can co- procreate right? with me. And then I can post on Instagram that I have this feels procreated. feels like you're inside my brain. So that I'm not saying it's not us. I'm saying like that is what these are all born out of. And it leads to people calling someone they met three weeks ago their best friend. Yeah. And staring into space and their eyes glazing over as they say, Natalie's my best friend. Natalie's my best friend. Natalie's my best friend. That reminds me on the bachelorette party. All the girls go on a cruise. It kind of does look like fun because everyone's talking shit Definitely. about their fiance. I, I am uncomfortable by the fact that all these girls have to share their same like party. I would definitely want more attention on me. I wouldn't want it to be rationed out. Yeah. But you do hear someone, one of the girls says, well, I trust the process. And that made me think back to all the times on The Bachelor or Bachelorette, people saying, well, like I, this process works. When really you're like, what process? They just, and Netflix producers just invented this process. What do you mean? What are you talking about? I know. You trust Chris Harrison's process? Please like forward me the evidence. It's like three in 37,500 people have fallen in love in The Bachelor and stayed together and had kids. And love is blind. I'm not sure. I think maybe there's one couple that stayed together from previous season, the previous season, maybe two. I think there's also been like 12 couples out of like 25 seasons of The Bachelor and Bachelorette that have got stayed together. Like I, I, I maybe five or six. There's not like that many. It's just it's a it's a TV show. It's fine. We we know what it is. We're willing to look past that. We love it. I do like on the Bachelorette boat how the women, as we talked about last episode, Deep D is expressing doubts. Danielle has a great exchange with her friends where they're like, "You don't think you're worthy, but you're worthy." And she says, "Oh no, you guys don't know how I've been. <laughs> I couldn't identify with more." And then her friend gives her a very cruel backhanded insult, which is, Danielle, if you're going to wait to be the best version of yourself to be in a relationship, then you're going to wait a long time. (laughs) And again, I was like, they ultimately, the show did not vet Danielle well enough. She is, because then I started getting worried. I knew she was going to end up with Nick because I'd seen spoilers, but I was like, God, if she didn't, it reminds me of June Diane Raphael in Burning Love when she's pretending to be a bachelorette. And she's saying like, um, yeah, my goal tonight is to get to know the guys and not go to any of my dark places. Right. And once this process is over, like it's nothing but dark places for most of these people. And I I was really worried for Danielle's mental health if Nick did not make the decision to stay. And it, it did seem kind of up in the air because he was sweating so much. Someone could have said he just murdered someone and it would have made sense with how he looked. In one of his one-on-one interviews, he goes, I think my biggest fear is, and he waits a beat, and I was fully expecting him to be like, Danielle. (laughs) Danielle is one of my biggest fears. I know. But he said, like, not being on the same page, right? Yeah, something very therapy talk. So are we ready to move to the actual weddings themselves? I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. We've never been more ready. We start with Danielle and Nick, as we said. It's a lot of buildup. It's a lot of stress, especially for Danielle's mom. And she's watching from the sidelines. And not at all for Nick's mom, who looks like she couldn't care less where she is and just wants to leave. But (laughs) 
Nick says yes. Danielle says yes. They're going to be together. Huge sigh of relief. Let's all wipe our brows, especially to you, Nick, as we move on to the next. <laughs> Danielle couple. literally says, like, I don't know. Like, I'm so excited. Or this could be literally the worst day of my life. You know, yeah. Like, and she's like, I don't know what I'm going to do if he doesn't marry me. Like, if Nick says no, I don't know what I'm going to do. It's like it never came into her head. Do you want to say yes? It was just like, how do I stop him from saying no? Well, like you said, we're all seeking to fill the void. We're all seeking to find some safety in an unsafe world. Afterwards, you really saw the clarity when she says, like, I am a wife. I have a husband. I am someone's wife. And I I thought, oh, right, that feeling, that security, Mm -hmm. that sort of like, I'm not a mess. I'll show mom. I don't have emotional problems. Yep. And I do. I mean, what do you think for their future? I do think that, like, I think he's a good partner for her. And I think they had a genuine, real connection. They seem happy. Yeah. Especially, I don't know, well, we'll talk about the reunion in a second, but when I saw her on the reunion, I was like, is she on my antipsychotics? Like, she yeah, like she's doing like well. The dial was turned down a lot and she seemed very confident. She seemed very relaxed. She seemed very close to him. And I thought, and, and they, yeah, there's just something. I, I think they very much enjoy each other. Yeah, totally. So, Jared and Ayana, right? That was their wedding next. Jared and Ayana, beautiful wedding. I I just like this couple a lot because I think Ayana has inspired me with how well she communicates. Like she tells him like, you need to show me that you're going to prioritize me. I need reassurance. Mm -hmm. And I also identify with her jealousy. Like when he's talking about her in the pod and he says, you made my heartstrings pull. And under her breath, she goes, well, I wasn't the only one. But yeah. he takes her on a date. He makes an effort. And it is, it is you know, like sometimes with guys, it's the bare minimum. But I, you can see the effort he's making. Yeah. And I think they're both really weird and funny in the same yeah. way. Like they both think each other's jokes are hilarious. Um, and that's I a love really when he's crying to his mom's arms and then pulls away and says, I'm fine. I'm a thug. <laughs> And she said the exact same thing. And she's like, I am at my wedding when she's walking down the aisle. And she's like, I always see other people's weddings, but now it's mine. This is spooky. And I was like, I just love you. She, I love her aside from when she said she looked small in her wedding dress. She's Listen, like, I'm that's so small. Our eating disorder. That's our eating disorder. No, that's weird to say. I'm so small. That's Why do you need to say that? I don't know. Okay. So... <laughs> So let's move on to truly, I, I mean, I don't know what if we've you all been saw, waiting for. I don't know if you saw Carolina. I screenshotted every moment of this because it's my favorite and I put it in the document because it's my favorite, one of my top three favorite reality TV moments yeah, of all time. Incredible. It changed my life. It's, it's my therapist. It has become my therapist, this yep. sequence of the episode. So we go to Shake and Deep D's wedding. She looks fucking stunning and could not be more calm. Like I was like, something is coming. And I was starting to feel like I knew it was coming because she was so relaxed about it. Like She was like, yeah, I don't know. You just got to find the right person, I guess. And I'm like, she knows something. Meanwhile, he is nervous talking about how even though he's an only child, today is not about him. Mm -hmm. And he has to think about like, just okay, goodbye. So they get to the point where the person who's officiating their wedding says... Like, it's time for the decision. And, like, it's weird, but that's just a part of the weddings on this show is that they say, like, now it's <laughs> time for your decision. They have to be so awkward, yeah. 
And I see in Shake's eyes that he's like, she's definitely going to say yes. Like he has this assuredness to his face. And she literally smiles, a glowing smile, and says, like, you mean a lot to me and you're an important person in my life, but no, I cannot marry you. I deserve someone who knows for sure. So I'm choosing myself. And she walks away. As she's walking away, she says, he's not the one for me because if he was, he would make me feel like I was the one. And he never did that. Then they cut to this person who officiated their wedding could not look more uncomfortable and awkward for a beat. The reactions were some of the best I've seen on reality TV in a really long time. When As soon as she says, I don't, one of Shake's friends' face falls into his I know. hands. Like he knew it's it was so going to happen. Amazing. Um, Shake's friends begins to sob. Yes. I, I don't normally – we haven't talked about our personal lives in a while here, but after seeing screenshots of this on Twitter, I used this line on a guy – because it just helped me so clearly see things. And I just said, I deserve someone who feels certain about me. And I feel like I said it to someone and myself at the same time. It was this kind of miracle feeling of clarity that Deep D really gave me and Deep D's parents really gave me. And you realize you aren't asking a lot to be a priority. It's so simple and it's so true. And then so then Shake starts trying to like be like, yeah, let's run the music like celebration. Oh, so painful. And it's like it doesn't matter. We don't care about you anymore. You are now a side character. Like, let's go back and see what the main character is doing. And we go to Deep D and her mom comes. This is one of the most beautiful scenes I've ever seen on reality or regular TV. I was sobbing. I was fully sobbing. Deep D's mom finds her. She turns to her mom and says, I chose myself. Her mom says, I know. She's like holding her hands and says, I know. And she says, I'm so proud of you. And the mom says, I just want you to be happy. And she's like, I am happy. Like, I chose myself. Don't worry about anything. I'm happy. And her mom says, that's my brave. I'm getting emotional right now reading it. Her mom says, that's my brave girl, my sweetheart. And it's just like, I'm sobbing. And then meanwhile, Shake is back at the fucking place where he just got left behind and he shows himself. So I think a lot of people were like maybe making excuses for him or like feeling like, I don't know, but this is the moment where he really showed his true colors as absolute scum of the earth. When he's like talking to all his friends who stayed behind at the party. Cause he's like, let's celebrate. And he's saying like, she's going to definitely be my friend. And like, part of me is upset, but It's mostly a positive thing, and she did her thing, so thank God. Thank God I didn't have to say anything. And to be very transparent, I was the one who was more on the fence. You know what I mean? It's not a fun thing to talk about right now, but if I would have said yes, she would have said yes. Yeah. And he said, that's why I feel amazing, because we got to avoid all that. And I was like, no, please be the one to reject me. Please. Like, I can handle it. I can take it. And it's just like... You are. And then he says, I want to get back in my fitness routine. Yeah. Like that's what he's looking up, like looking forward to. And then then it's like, okay, so now I know you're fully full of shit. Yeah. Um, But Deep D's mom says some more beautiful things. She said that Deep D stuck up for herself. That's my daughter. I'm so proud of her. Obsessed. And then Deep D comes in with another life-changing sequence of lines that I will save on my phone forever. She says, I don't think he realizes what he just lost. And a little time from now, he's going to look back and realize he lost the best thing of his life. And when that day comes, I'll be long gone. He doesn't deserve me. 
Don't you think Shake's mom, I, I'm not even kidding. I was fully expecting Shake's mom to follow her down the aisle to just like, like hug her. And be like, I've chosen a team and it's yours. Yeah, exactly. Like I'm actually leaving Shake's dad now. I, I'm leaving Shake's dad to just be a part of your life in any yeah. way that I can. Like just platonic. Yeah. Like, can I move in as your neighbor? Can we hang? Like, I loved it so much. It was truly like... And also she looked so gorgeous. I was like, you look amazing and he looks like shit. I'm so happy you waited for this day to like, because she never really spoke against him. That was what was so classy about it. She never spoke against him the whole time. He was talking shit about her and she was like, okay, like I'm trying. I guess he's not. And then she waited for this moment to absolutely show him up, make him like so uncomfortable choose herself and be like yeah it's because you didn't deserve me and then he felt so uncomfortable that he turned it around on her and started like trying to tear her down which is exactly what narcissist incels do he was embarrassing her on this show knowing that this footage was going to be aired he was saying hurtful things that were embarrassing her yeah when she just speaks her truth it so puts the light on what kind of person he is and it completely flips the script and you can see his reaction in real time realize how the script is getting flipped on him yeah. Like, oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. This is so embarrassing. Like, this is the kind of person who's truly embarrassed all the time. And like you said, she didn't say, like, I know you've expressed doubts to me about being attracted to me and I don't deserve that or anything. All she said was knowing what she deserved. Yep. It was fucking perfect. It was perfect. It was a real beautiful moment. And then we move on to Shane and Natalie. And like, right out of the gate, Natalie is crying and I'm like wait what did we deserve Netflix to deserve this level of quality drama on a reality show like we're going right from this amazing triumph to this horrible drama and it's perfectly orchestrated and except I'm sad for Natalie um Natalie is crying she says that last night her and Shane had the worst fight of their lives and he said some stuff that she can't get past now the only things that will be revealed in this episode that he said are I don't think we should get married and like I hate you or something like very yeah, childish. You're the, worst, you're the worst thing to ever happen to me. Something else must have been said. That's all I'm going to say. Like they're not they're not showing everything he said because she was shaken. She was shaken. He said I know he said something that revealed something deep about his character that she couldn't move back from. And I don't know what it was. But maybe we'll find out someday because I think an Us Weekly thing just came out that said like they're not on good terms anymore. Like maybe she's going to come forward with some stuff. Not that we deserve to know every detail about these people's lives, but that is kind of what they sign up for. Um, No, I need to know. And I was trying to find it online um, this morning, in fact. So. Yeah, so they're crying, but it's kind of like she's like still seems like she might still go through with it he's like kind of joking about it to his friends he's like hey, yeah we got in a fight last night yeah i said like i don't know yeah we got in a fight of course and i said that maybe we shouldn't get married but and he kind of gives the reason that like she's always criticizing him which i guess i understand but it just seems like a small thing communication wise that could have been worked through it's true it's true i uh, he just seems emotionally unstable to me and when she yeah. brings, I mean, it's just another example why maybe the process, quote unquote, doesn't work because she talks about how she brought up his drinking and he freaked out. And all of a sudden the puzzle pieces start coming to place like, oh, yeah, he wanted unlimited. He wanted a fountain of old fashioned. Oh, at his yeah, wedding. that. Oh, yeah, that. A fountain maybe that was a, red of a cocktail. 
when someone <laughs> blows up when you mention they're drinking, that's usually a red flag. With and tubes and whatnot. With, with tubes and with whatnot. With all the tubes and whatnot. And you realize, yeah, that's a huge thing to consider before um, deciding to get married to someone. I think what she said that made me crystal clear on why she said no was she talks afterwards about how safe she felt with her dad when they were walking down the aisle and how scared she was when she how scared her body felt when she was suddenly in front of Shane. Oh my god. And it reminded me of our interview with that breakup coach when she was saying for advice for her relationships was feel how you feel in your body with someone. Yeah. So I completely understood why she said no. I would have said no. I mean, in most of these situations I would. But yeah, so she leaves him at the aisle and then like he follow like she follows him somehow they end up back to like together again and he's really upset and then she said like well you said i was like the worst thing that ever happened to you and he was like yeah and like you are and she's like wait what like you want you wanted to get married but you think like it's not really making sense logically and then he kind of rants to the camera for a while of like i don't know what's going on i don't know what just happened I don't know what I could say about it. And it's definitely like one of the most confusing post-game interviews I've ever seen in my life. But I think Natalie was very composed. Clearly, she did the right thing. And I don't even think we know the half of it. I don't even think she's revealed. I know. There's so much we don't know. It's really frustrating. I have to start listening to like post-Love is Blind interviews, you guys. I will keep you up to date with any information I find. Please find out the truth because we do need to know. Um, Now, quickly before we get into the reunion... Yes. I just want to talk about Sal and Mallory's wedding. Okay. It's just such baloney on Sal's part. Sal is constantly showering her with surprises and gifts. When we see her getting her makeup done, you can see she's so relaxed. She's like, yeah, I feel good. And Sal is all of a sudden expressing maybe there's a disconnect. And he says, like, you got her a mariachi band, blah, 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 blah. She walks down the aisle. She looks stunning. And he bursts into tears and says he can't marry her. Honestly, this whole time he hasn't been working for me. And I was kind of wondering why. Maybe it was my internalized, you know, sexism. Because I I kind of thought, he, like, there were some things he was doing that were just too much. They made me uncomfortable. And his, like, weird calmness felt false to me. But anyway, he breaks into tears. And he's like, I can't. And then she says, like, okay, bye. And, like, walks down the aisle. <laughs> And he apologizes to her family. And then when they meet up again, he has all this therapy language. Like, I just wanted to honor our boundaries today. And then he says something that drove me crazy where he said, and I just wanted to tell you here. I wanted to wait to tell you here. Which reminded me of The Wedding Singer, one of my favorite movies. And when Adam Sandler's fiance leaves him at the altar and then comes to his house that night and says, like, I just realized, like, I don't want to be married to a wedding singer. And he goes in that Adam Sandler way, well, this would have been great to know (laughs) yesterday. (laughs) I quote that all the time. That's, like, one of my favorite. Even though I just shat on men who quote, like, comedy movies, I do quote that a lot. You love quoting Adam Sandler movies. I love that I love that scene so much. I have gone back and forth on Mal, as we all know, because you mean Sal? No, 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 on Mallory. Sorry, Mallory. Um, because she goes from like saying like I'm a guy's girl and like I watch sports, which is like that's really hard for me to come back from. But then like I kind of was on her side in their arguments. Um, and in this moment, I was like, 
wow, she is a much better person than me because she remained so yep. composed. Like she was so like, composed. okay, like maybe we can go on a date. I don't know. I would have been like, wait, what the fuck are you talking about? Why did you get Why me? Why did like, you a- put me through this? And he was getting her surprises up through the wedding. He's like, how I many ukulele shows did I have to watch? She said that he got, or no, he t- said that as a surprise, he hired a mariachi band for um, the wedding for Mallory because he, she loves that so much, which in retrospect Why? is fucking sick. I, he's basically saying, oh, I hired a mariachi brand, band for when I broke up with you. Yes. I wanted a mariachi which band to a, be a here funny bit, but. <laughs> for music to play as I was breaking up with you yes. for no reason. And he doesn't really give a reason. And I don't understand. It's just because he's like unca- incapable of like true connection and something was missing. Like, and she, I think, was like, wow, I'm really going to try this and I'm really going to be open minded. And it sucks. But I will say she looked gorgeous and she's stunning. Gorgeous. So, and that's a lot of what matters. That's a lot of what matters in this life. <laughs> I want true Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Stadsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
I want to jump to the reunion. I please, was please. very excited about this. Um, Vanessa and Nick Lachey finally get a moment to be on screen for a little bit. And oh boy, are they excited about it. The facial Cyber. expressions and the fucking bodily movements that Vanessa puts herself through just to try to keep the camera on her. Like she's going over the top, like flailing her arms. Like Nick's like, welcome to season two. She flails her arms around, does the two sign with her hand. Like she's like, camera on me, season two. We're on she wants constant camera on her. To the point that we'll get to eventually she makes it completely about her and starts talking about like her marriage all the time. Andy Cohen would never Yeah, bitch. so we really Andy see Cohen would never the strength of Andy Cohen here because I was very excited for the reunion. I wasn't necessarily let down, but there could have been so much fruit out of it. And it really it it didn't deliver on everything I wanted to deliver on. Shake does dig himself constantly into a deeper and deeper and deeper hole. It's so bad. Shane, like who has said crazy stuff, is literally covering his face. You're constantly seeing reactions to what Shake is saying. For instance, at one point he says getting married, finding a woman on the show was like and getting married to one was like making a huge purchase. Yep. Which was very uncomfortable to listen to. Danielle is literally getting triggered uh, by Shake talking because obviously, like us, she's a former eating disorder person and you can literally see her like bury herself into Nick's arms. I so the thing my read on Shake is that he thinks that he can become like the Spencer Pratt of this universe. We all know Spencer Pratt like did, although his career is fading now, like he built a lifelong career out of being the villain of the hills like he really was a side character and he became so hateable that he built a whole career out of it and he started like a crystal business and all this stuff and he did an interview where he talked about like yeah i chose to play the villain like that's what people wanted that's what i gave them the thing is he really did it well he's a really good villain he's got the perfect combination of like a little bit unstable Uh, Not afraid to let it all hang out, but also like knows when to be endearing a little bit, knows when to charm, is a fucking weirdo, loves hummingbirds for some reason. Shake doesn't have any of that, but he's trying to be like, I don't give a fuck. I tell the truth. I'm going to tell the truth. I'm going to be real. And it's like, you're just not even charismatic and you just suck and are embarrassing and you're just not smart or cool enough to like be what you think you are. I love when Ayana says very calmly, um, my advice, Shake, is that you go to a psychologist to learn how to date as a narcissist. Yeah. Another great moment, which was when I thought maybe Nick Lachey is not as bad of a host as I thought, was when Shake says the fucking stupid argument of like, we're animals, you guys, okay? And Nick says, no, you treat animals. We're human beings. Vanessa has to make it bad by being like, that's my man, ladies. No, I know. And he was saying like, and I would never let you like treat me. And then Shake's like, the vet community is going to like come for you. And it's like, (laughs) wait, what vet community? Like, I mean, I'm sorry. I know there is a vet community. I don't want the vet community to come after me. But like the vet slash DJ community, like what kind of message board are you on? I know. And also, can we talk about the exchange between Shake and Vanessa Lachey 
where she repeatedly says dismangled and then he says he has feelings for her. I okay, this is one thing. I think she I, I do think it was sweet what she said. Um, like I what what are you gonna do if a woman gains weight during pregnancy? What are you gonna do if there's a terrible accident? What and she says, What are you gonna do if a woman loses all of her hair, her arms, and her legs? Which I was like, Whoa, <laughs> what happened? I was with you up till then. What happened? And she does say, but I know if this, if I was dismangled, this man. She goes, knock on fucking wood. <laughs> if I was dismangled, knock on fucking wood. This man would be with me. I know he will because he loves me for me. So the problem I have, Shake, is that you sat there and berated every single one of these women and then went through the process with this beautiful soul over here. She is beautiful. Natalie fucking says to Deep Tea, which I was like, this would set me off for a few weeks, is, and she's even more beautiful on the inside than she is on the outside. I know, I and like, it's like, Natalie, shut up. It's not about that. You. I want the opposite. Yeah, I want the opposite. And she's like, because you wanted to find someone you wanted to fuck, not fall in love with. It's like, okay, Vanessa, Wait, what's you're happening? Like, you're bringing the drama, but like, that's not your job. Like, she thinks she's one of the housewives and she's actually Andy. Like, Andy allows other people to be that way. Right. But she was like, I'm going to make myself the star of the show. And then Shake ends up saying that, like, he thought that Vanessa was like his most type on the show or something. And it's just, I'm actually not attracted to anyone here. The only person I'm attracted to is Vanessa. It's just not. It's just bad. And then. Good luck. Yeah, it just also is like, it's just not about you. And she Can you imagine be, being Shake's parents, his poor mom? I can't imagine being his parents or, no offense, Vanessa's parents, because <laughs> sure this knock on fucking wood if I'm dismangled, <laughs> this man is going to stand by my side. Oh, my God. So that's them. I have to say Shake even makes Shayna look good because Shayna was like whispering to Deep D saying like, just like let him keep talking. He's going to make him like sometimes Shayna has her moments of being like a girl's girl on the couch hanging with the girls. And it makes me think like, could she be my friend? And then I remember that she doesn't believe in evolution. Evolution. Think, yeah. Okay. Awkward. But when they awkward. are, it's an awkward conflict. But when they're talking to Shayna and they this is the pan and zoom in heard around the world. They they pan and zoom into Kyle, who has pierced not only his that was ear. So frustrating. Not only his ear is now pierced, but he's pierced his nose. He's basically become, he's decided to become a completely different person. It could not be more the stereotype of like going through a breakup. And the fact that like, I was like, could you just, again, Andy would have mentioned this. Like Nick and Vanessa didn't even yes, mention like, oh, yes. so by the way, you have multiple piercings on your face Sal, now. you have a goatee now. Yes, we need How to- did that come to be? Like, Absolutely. That was so shocking and I do feel like I wanted to be on Kyle's side, but I don't think he's had like any growth from the situation. Like he didn't take enough accountability of the fact that like this person told me they don't believe in science and likely that they don't care about anything besides Christian white people. And you still wanted to move in with them. And then yet he wants to put everything on Shayna. And it's like, yes, she's a bad person, but like you also wanted to be with a bad person. And right, as someone right. who's wanted to be with bad people in the past, like, I have a role in that too. Absolutely. I completely identify. I thought Shayna did an okay job for someone who's definitely a Republican and um, doesn't believe in evolution. She did. She at least owned some of her stuff and she knew how she looked. You can tell there was an air of like, I need to rehab this image. Yes. And Shake just dug himself deeper. 
But he did. My favorite line is probably Nick Lachey talking to Sal and saying, musician, a musician. Oh, my God. Sal can fuck off in this episode. I'm sorry. Like, I can't like he's so attention seeking. He says some weird thing. I thought Mallory was very composed again. Like she was just like, yeah, like I don't know what to tell you. I was in a weird position. Two different people I had feelings for were at the same barbecue and I had just met both. Like it is a weird situation. None of us know how we would act in that position. And then Sal starts saying that like, once they hung out after the show filmed, he felt like she didn't hear him enough when he didn't. Again, did you ask her about herself? Like we didn't learn anything about her from your conversations with her. So that's really, and she takes it. She's like, Oh, okay. I'm sorry. You felt that way. How is this person so composed? I'm so sick of him. I do have to say that the real highlight of the reunion was when we learned that a new show was coming called the ultimatum It was like a little bit more lackluster than I thought. We didn't get any answers from Shane and Natalie. That's really who I wanted answers from because I was like, what was this fight? We didn't really get answers. Shane said that he's worried about Natalie making him look like a bad person. Again, feeding into my theory that he said something much more disturbing Mm. than we know. And then Shane and Shayna disputed rumors that they're anything beyond just friends right now. I don't know. It's hard to say. Like, I will say again, I looked at Shane's Instagram recently. He posted a selfie and said, I bet you think about me in the caption quoting Taylor Swift. Like, I do like that move. It's a move that I like. But if he's friends with Shayna, I don't trust that. I don't believe in that. And I'm nervous. And also, I stand with Natalie no matter what. And apparently they are not on good terms anymore. I have to know everything. Oh, and then Kyle said that he wished he had gotten engaged to Deep D, which was interesting. That was interesting. I just feel like we didn't get to know a lot about Deep D. The only thing we know about Kyle is that he's an atheist and he's willing to negotiate with terrorists because he was okay with someone looking up at him and saying, do you like to be an American? And not saying, I need to leave. I need to get out of here. I know. I don't think that Kyle deserves Deep D either. I think we need like a season of The Bachelorette and Deep D is The Bachelorette. Um, I am completely with that. Well, this is what I was thinking. I thought in Love is Blind season three, are they going to bring some OGs back? That would be good. That would be fun. Mix it up a little bit. Just like The Bachelor. You keep, you know, we have built in audiences. I find out Deep Sea's on a reality show. I want to know more about her. That family basically raised me. (laughs) Yeah, we have to make it like The Bachelor in Paradise where it's like you got repeat offenders who are just keep coming back to the island. (laughs) hear shane's voice through the walls and they're like we know who's here get out (laughs) well it's been a really long long journey it's been a beautiful journey i've learned so much i'm better for it which you can't always say with reality tv shows let's tune in to the ultimatum as soon as humanly possible wait when does it premiere let's see ultimatum april 6th See you soon. The first, guys, the first eight episodes will premiere <laughs> April 6th. So Devin is salivating. It's so fucking close and I can't wait. Until then, love is still blind. Team Deep D. Team Deep D. Love you all.
Optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Hello, from Wonder Media Network, I'm Jenny Kaplan, host of Womanica, a daily podcast that introduces you to the fascinating lives of women history has forgotten. We've always been intrigued by stories of disappearances, whether it's a fraudster from the 17th century who kept evading the authorities or a novelist who taunted the Nazis and faked her own death. We all want to know what happened next. To find out, listen to Womanica on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers.